Welcome to the eGovernance Academy podcast to discover the future of governance. eGovernance Academy has assisted digital transformation globally in more than 130 countries. Our experts will share their insights and worldwide examples on how digital technology could benefit every society. Tune in for the Digital Government Podcast every Wednesday. Hello, welcome to listening eGovernance Academy podcast. I'm Hannes Astok, Deputy Director of eGovernance Academy, and I'm happy to host today Linnar Wiek, my colleague from eGovernance Academy, who is Director of the Smart Government Programme. Hello, and so happy that you all have joined us uh, in this podcast. Uh, now it's uh, June of 2020, and uh, the year 2020 started pretty easily. Year is usually. After Christmas, little hangover, and everyone started to work slowly again. Every government has its digital development plans, and there was no visible signs that it should be somehow pushed further in rapid manner. Well, I agree so much with you, Hannes. Uh, The early 2020, when we were witnessing also the portfolio of our partnership activities all around the world in different central governments, by that time, most of the governments have the uh, digital transformation or information society or e-government visions. They had also action plans for the next three to five years, slowly, step by step, Ministry by ministry, they were planning to start... To do uh, something. Yes. (laughs) And then something happened. When something happens and suddenly in the middle of uh, March, actually we all witnessed across the globe that there was a total shutdown of not only government but of a society. Most of the countries uh, announced uh, quarantine, isolation... So most of the people who were working in the offices were moved to home and started to work from homes. And also governments were trying to provide the services online as much as they can. So it was a really big shock for most of the governments, probably not all of them. And in one end, there are governments who were digitally ready. And then in another end, there were governments who don't care about digital but I think we, we must focus to those who really recognized that we need to do something differently now. Before 2020, majority of the governments had an uh, understanding that digital solution is something which can be on top of the real government. The government offices, uh, brick and mortar buildings, uh, nice front offices, yes, endless uh, staff members. Precisely, are, and... Uh, and A lot of governments had a question, but what if internet uh, breaks down? What if it does not work? And this was a realistic scenario because technology may break down, but never brick and mortar buildings. Exactly. And now we were suddenly having that unrealistic scenario when only thing that works is internet. And that meant and internal decisions and very quick and rapid decisions, not only because uh, for many, many countries, the economy 
was having a huge impact. Those countries who benefited uh, uh, goods and trades, uh, uh, also those uh, who were having an important, significant part of tourism uh, revenues calculated and planned. But the majority of the countries had to look inwards for the economic resources, for the financial resources, and for the sake of continuity of the activities. They were really dependent on internal competencies and the resources available internally. And internal information systems. Correct. And uh, and I recall very well when, uh, when uh, the accelerated process of, uh, for example, issuing digital identity was... Uh, uh, was uh, was escalated in some countries. However, in less than a couple of days, they realized that it requires not the new legislation and new rapid deployment of uh, the new technologies, but it requires a formalization of the present IT systems and digital solutions so that those could be used for the purpose of the work and for the benefit, because uh, if you did not have... uh, the digital signature, data exchange, or any other uh, core architecture of the e-government in place, you were not able to build it over one weekend. So, actually, when it's a crisis, when it's crisis is always a good ground for innovation, because you must do something differently, because you cannot do the things in the way how you did it in previous years. So, so according to your observations, what was the biggest bottleneck? in most of the countries, was it like technology, e-government technology available for the government and citizens, or was it like um, um, regulations, what were usually very much paper-focused in the governments, or was it like officials' capability to rethink the business processes and, and make changes happening? It all starts with a digital society readiness. And uh, if your society has... Okay, everyone is having smartphone. No, well... Not not everyone, but most... Smartphone is a nice thing, but if your children need to go to school online next day, the smartphone is not enough. And if you have one kind of device per family, you are not able to do everything from that uh, particular destination. So it all starts with a kind of digital society readiness, your network readiness, whether you are able to absorb and to serve the twofold, fourfold, tenfold growth in internet use over over a few days. Yes. Secondly, whether you have an access to technology. Third component is skills. And there we need to say that quite a number of societies where there has been already a good local training and uh, and habit of using technology were benefiting a lot from the fact that they had already digital use uh, skills. And then, of course, on top of that came uh, digital solutions which were available. If the digital solutions were in-house, closed network solutions, then there was no opportunity for remote working. And the only way how the remote working was able to take place was actually to 
start distributing a lot of documents and materials over email, over file sharing, non-governmental file sharing solutions, start using a video conferencing solutions, non-governmental and no, often non-secure video conferencing solutions and that meant also that education system that's a social security system and uh, the overall government functioning system became very fragile because they have never ever witnessed earlier a demand and need to to really work online but the learning curve in the most countries was very very quick and I need to say that right now, and three months later, when we don't know what the future is bringing to us in terms of the global pandemic, uh, we can say that uh, it's irreversible process. The countries and governments, institutions who realized that the digital is possible and digital is actually a real solution that is enabling all the services to be distributed and delivered, will become dominant. First of all, most of the governments we have been working have increased the digital budget. At least they are keeping the same budget, but they have been increasing the budget. Secondly, majority of the governments have been increased the importance of the national digital coordination rules. So a new coordination structures have been built, a new and uh, rethought roadmaps which are focusing on the robust, fast deployment of digital identity, of the digital data interchange, and also the digital services are also prioritized. And, uh, and that means that a lot of acceleration, mental and mindset acceleration, which otherwise would take maybe a five years, ten years, took place over the last three months period. And this is, I think, irreversible process. And this is for the benefit of the digital transformation on broader level worldwide. But I, I think there is a high risk that uh, during those three, four months, governments made rapid changes. And there was a lot of like way around solutions were built up what actually unsecure not fitting well to a normal business process or there was no business process re-engineering that much, but rather than ways around the built. And according to my opinion and observation, there is a high risk now that all those temporary solutions, what are not very well fit, very well secure, now becoming uh, temporary solutions. And, and this robust robust solutions what should be kind of baseline for the digital government is still missing. This is something which we have recommended to most of the governments. E-Governance Academy has developed a national cybersecurity index, a special and unique methodology to observe and to analyze your national capacities. And we have recommended everybody to, uh, to kind of revisit that methodology and redo the evaluation of theirs, because there is certainly two aspects related to that. 
First of all, when more and more activities take place online, the value of attacking those activities is also becoming more appealing to the cyber criminals. And secondly, as you mentioned so well, the ad hook solutions, the the kind of way around the corner and the quick fixes are built so that uh, the security has never been a top priority. Security by design or security by the architecture has not been there. And this is why also the vulnerabilities are higher. And that might become also an, um, an, an way which hits back the digital solutions which are out there right now, if you suddenly see that digital solutions which we delivered over last weekend or within one week time are not functioning, they are not secure, you you become hesitant to continue with that. However, the solution is very simple. The national digital coordination needs to include a government or a broader and society-wide chief digital architect who works hand-in-hand also with a security architecture and security by design people. And that enables also the transition from those ad-hook solutions to the core design of the e-government secure uh, and more sustainable uh, way forward. So basically, what we can say that it's now time for the governments to take a breath, maybe step back one step, take a look what we actually need to build a solid and robust e-government infrastructure, e-government architecture, and based on it, move fastly forward to deliver digital services for the citizens and provide digital solutions for healthcare, for education, for transport and whatever more is necessary. So not to rush forward, but take a more systematic approach, but at the same time, definitely not to lose the enthusiasm what was created during the COVID crisis. Yes, enthusiasm and the momentum which was built is remarkable. And, uh, And that means you were running without thinking, now it's time really to think twice and, before running and then continue your your run and once again digital transformation is not a sprint it's a marathon it's a marathon but uh, the best way to implement is with a small sprints we we don't want you to think that uh, i'm back on the 5 years or 10 years technology planning The way how governments have learned from innovative software companies, innovative companies which are carrying out the digital transformation is remarkable. And this is is based on on the hybrid sprint methods where you have concrete target, which is based on the commonly agreed design framework and interoperability, and you make a very concrete sprints within that process. And I love so much the governments which have said, e-government is not one big kind of container ship 
which will arrive to your to your harbor and then you say no it's here it's rather uh, as a small wins every day and governments who have said that we want to deliver 50 innovations a year one new service per week every year are the ones who are making great sprints and that is something which also delivers to your society a convincement that con- that the digital transformation and public administration innovation is not one-off thing but this is a continuous process which delivers a weekly and monthly basis of value to society. And the very last thing before we before we close is is definitely also that the data protection and privacy of the citizens and their data is extremely important because uh, during the crisis many things may happen. Data breaches, privacy leaks, and this all will demolish the trust towards the government. And as we used to say in Estonia that you need to build e-government trust 20 years, but it may go in 20 minutes if there is a major data leak. So also those things should be considered. But but uh, mm, summarizing our great discussion today, I think it's there is a momentum, there is a drive from the governments, and now there is a need to think what is what is your actual situation. Do real reflection. What you actually need is your data digital. Is it accessible? Is it interchangeable? Are your citizens having strong digital identity available? So based on it, you can provide in near future a long set of digital services. But I think there is a momentum. I agree. And digital leadership in the countries, the good coordination and the private-public partnerships are the ones which drive the process further. We chose optimistic notes. We close today the show. Thank you, Linnar, for joining us. Thank you for listening to eGovernance Academy podcast. And welcome back next week. <laughs>